Hey, you're listening to Manual Focus. I'm Alicia Cologne, your host and paper illustrator and photographer. And on this podcast, we talk to other Christian creatives to learn lessons God has taught them. Guys, I am so pumped at this episode today as Manual Focus relaunched and we're going into this new direction that God originally gave me. So pretty much I now have the confidence to do this. Um, I sat down with Emily Carlton. She's a freelance illustrator and sketch note artist, and she shared the story of letting go and her story of, of how, where it has taken her, where she originally was an agency life. And now where are you just going to have to listen to the episode to find out. Um, but her story really resonates with me and I hope that it resonates with you as well. Hey, Emily, I'm so excited that you are here with manual focus today. This is our first relaunch of the whole, you know, new direction that God has given us. And I'm just so thankful that you are here with us today. So what is the lesson that God has taught you that you would like to share with us? I want to talk about the concept of letting go. Oh, all right. Let's go deep. I like this. Yes. Um, do you want me to just launch into the story? Yeah, girl. Yeah. It all right. Like it's pretty so um, just kind of to give a quick backstory on how this all started. Um, I graduated college in Colorado and it was during the recession or shortly after it couldn't find a job, moved to Texas to work as a graphic designer at a university and, then after that, I worked at my church. And while I was there, I just wasn't finding a lot of career growth. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt really listless. Um, I wasn't working on anything that I was passionate about. I was just kind of working and I just was unfulfilled. So um, a friend of mine had asked me to do an illustration whiteboard video for him. And that just kind of lit me up and I was job searching and I eventually moved to Nashville um, for a new job. And um took the job. And while I was taking the job, I knew it wasn't a long-term thing, but I knew it would get me into a better place, like around better people, around better business opportunities, career growth, like location too. I was closer to airports, cities, stuff like that. So I moved to Nashville, all those opportunities here, but I was pretty miserable at the job that I had moved there for. And so, um, I was actually at a creative event at my church and, um, some photographers were talking about their journey and I just felt so inspired by it. And I felt like God told me, I want you to go freelance. And that was just, it completely wrecked me because I had just moved to Nashville for this job. I didn't know anybody. I was probably about five to eight months there. So I just wasn't established. And I was really angry that God would ask me to do something like that when I wasn't ready and I didn't have enough money and I didn't have enough connections and I didn't have enough clients. Yeah, and so it didn't make sense. I, it didn't make sense. And, um, I sobbed the entire drive home because I knew that oh, I wow. wouldn't do it. Oh, wow. and so that was the first time of me not letting go. That's like where everything just kind of starts where God says, I want you to go freelance. And I was just like, no, I can't, I won't. And so that's just kind of how it all started. And then from there, God has continued to show me concepts of letting go in work relationships, um, just everything. Oh my goodness. I'm 
I'm getting teary eyed. Okay. So, so just <laughs> for the people uh, listening, I had no idea. Like, I don't know the lesson that Emily's going to bring or anybody's going to bring. So, uh, I'm hearing it with fresh ears just as long as, as you guys as well. And, um, the thing that really resonated with me was you heard God, but then at the same time you sobbed on the way home because you knew you weren't going to obey. Yeah. And and that like place of brokenness, because I have been there so many times and it's, Mm -hmm. I've never heard anybody. I mean, I know other people experience it, but I've never heard anybody just so cleanly articulate that. Um, Yeah. And it was, it just wrecked me because I am such a rule follower in life that all of my life steps have been to follow a rule, to follow a path, to follow a trajectory with a clear established, here's your first stepping stone. Here's your next one. Like that's why I moved to Nashville. I knew it wasn't the last stepping stone, but I knew it was the next one. And so God had other plans than my perfect little stepping stones. And I just didn't know how to jive with that. I didn't trust him to provide. And so I just said, sorry, sorry, not sorry, but I can't do this. I won't do this. But it wrecked me because at heart, um, I want to obey. I want to please God. I want to do his will, but I just don't know how to trust him. And so that's why it was so jarring. Yeah. So there, so there's two things. One, you're obviously freelance now. Mm-hmm. So obviously that, that gap between disobedience to obedience was bridged. Um, oh yes. So I, I want to hear that story. Um, and yeah. then the other thing I want to hear too, and I perhaps maybe I should write it down. Um, but anyway, is I think it's really interesting that God called you out of, of agency, like how mm-hmm. that calling is very specific to you, yeah, you know, because I mean, some people might be called into agency, you know, um, some people might be called into a company, um, right. You know, so I think that that's really unique and how God calls us to these unique places. But first your journey between from there to here. Sure. So, um, pretty much all throughout the year I kept hearing God say that over and over again. Um, and at the, the church that I was going to at the time is kind of known for being a church of healing and restoration. A lot of people that are burned by the church go to that church and then they just get re rejuvenated and they fall in love with the church again. And then they leave. Like, it's just kind of a weird culture that the church has. And that's why I was there because I was burned out from the church that I worked at and I needed to go to church, but not a church like everybody else in Nashville, because Nashville is super churchy. There's churches everywhere. And so I kept hearing God say throughout the year, I want you to go freelance. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just hearing that. And maybe you don't actually want me to do that. And um, it was just always really something that I fought and it was inconvenient. And I could not see how it was possible with my own uh, vision. I just had my own blinders on. I could not see possibilities, but that's why God's God, because he has possibilities outside of what we can actually see. We just have to trust that it's there. So all throughout the year, he was saying, I want you to freelance. And it was just hurtful every single time because 
I was doing my best to try and go freelance. I was trying to get clients. I was doing work on the side. I actually turned into a workaholic. My first year in Nashville, I worked about 70 to 80 hours a week. Oh my goodness. I didn't pursue relationships. I was pretty lonely. Um, I wasn't very healthy. I was eating crappy. Um, all because I was doing my efforts to go freelance and working myself to death all in the process. So, so let, let me see if I understand this. So you were trying to obey on top of in what my you own already way. were doing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, okay, God, you're calling me to go freelance. So obviously that means I need to build up my clientele on the side so right. I can ease into it. Right. Cause that's the logical thing to do. Yeah. Um, eventually I realized that wasn't healthy at all and kind of was falling out of that, just not accepting clients. I actually fired one of my recurring clients um, just because the communication was bad. I didn't enjoy the work. It wasn't stuff that I could really add to my portfolio, but I held onto it with a death grip just because it's a recurring client. It's like guaranteed money. You just show up and do the work. That's amazing. That's what you need when you're a freelancer and everything just kind of started hitting the fan once I fired that client and it was just like okay maybe you can let go like I think that was the first step was firing that client that was recurring and so um that was really interesting I felt it was like one of the scariest things ever because um the client was actually a acquaintance of mine and so I didn't want to ruin the relationship and I um he's very well connected and I didn't want to lose those connections that he was giving me. And it was just really messy, but I knew it was the right thing. So I just fired him and I was like, Hey, I can't do this anymore. Um, wish you well. Bye. Um, and then after that, I actually felt happier in my work, but I was still doing too much. So going down the road, God's still saying, I want you to go freelance. And I'm still like, no, I'm trying my, I'm trying my best though. So thanks for that reminder that I'm not (laughs) obeying you. And, um, (laughs) Meanwhile, at my day job, I was extremely unhappy. I had a lot of bitterness due to some situations with the workplace itself and some people there and just things weren't as they were promised. And I was just angry all the time. And so here I am working my butt off and I'm unhappy and I don't have any friends and I'm in a new city and it's just awful. And so um, finally, I think it was a couple of weeks before Easter or maybe it was um, around that time, but again, I was at church and God said, I want you to go freelance. And I was just like sobbing in church. And Mm. I just finally said, if you force me out, I'll do it, but you have to force me out. Oh, wow. And so three days later, um, my day job kind of blew up and a whole bunch of bad situations came to a head and there was an opportunity to leave and I took it. And it was, really interesting because I'm such a rule follower, like I mentioned earlier, and I love security. Um, Security is often an idol of mine. And so when the time of the job said, hey, you can either um, do what you want, do what we want you to do, or you can leave, I chose to leave. And that was the scariest thing. Like normal Emily would never have chosen that, but I did because I prayed three days earlier at church. Yeah. If you forced me, I'll do it. And I was like, this is my thing. Like I just asked for this and he's finally delivering. Oh my goodness. Um, I have to do it. And I had such peace about it. Like, I think if it was just me, I would have been anxious. I would have been scared. I would have backed down. I would have tried to weasel my way back into the company just to have paychecks that's regular. And 
Um, instead, I was extremely confident. I stood my ground with the company and I told them I wasn't going to do what they wanted me to because it was kind of unethical anyway. And um, I just said, yeah, I'm I'm done. And I actually forced them to fire me because I wanted the severance pay. So it was just like, I didn't just leave the company. I forced them to fire me. <laughs> I love it. It was just so bizarre because every time I think back on it, I'm like, that wasn't me. Like, I don't have peace like that. Yeah. That peace does not come from this earth. Yeah. And I just had so much confidence. And the next day I drove to Creative South and just had all kinds of relationships, but, and I gave a workshop or not a workshop. The workshop was last year. Um, and I just met all these people that provided to be really good connections. I didn't necessarily get work from it, but I got relationships and people to encourage me and people to validate me. Like I would tell them the situation of my whole job blowing up right before the conference. And they were like, yeah, that's stupid. We're so glad you're here. Good for you. Way to get out of there. You came to the right place at the right time. Yeah. And that was just like, really validating. That is amazing. So little tidbit, I remember you telling that story via Snapchat <laughs> yes. for dinosaurs. Yes. Yes. So that would, that was a while ago, but I do, I do remember, um, Oh, <laughs> those guys. So it's just a weird thing. I keep plastic dinosaurs on my desk at all times. It's just, it's been happening since college and I don't know why I do it. I just do. And so on Snapchat, when the whole work situation was going down, I wanted to share about it. And I took little dinosaur pieces and I typed out captions and I made little characters and I told the story through dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is almost like uh, therapeutic, right? It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so one of the things that you said over and over and over again was you heard God. Now, I, I understand that this sometimes is a very hard thing to articulate and to convey. Yes. But I'm going to ask you to attempt anyway. Um, okay. So when you say you heard from God, what did that feel sense to you? Um, the sense that I got was, it's like whenever I feel like I hear something from God, it's like, everything is blacked out except for the phrase or word that he says to me. Um, and it's like, I know it's him. I don't think that there's a specific voice. It's like, Oh, it's like masculine and manly. And it's like <laughs> yeah. a father. Like it's nothing like that. It's just, I hear the phrase and I know it's father God. Mm -hmm. And he usually like, I don't have a, often where I feel like he says something very specific and I just know it's him. It's happened a few times, but the times that I have had that happen, I know it's him because whatever he says is something that I would not come up with in my own brain. Um, case in point, like, Hey, you're really uncomfortable and you don't know anybody and you don't have any clients go freelance. Like that's not what my brain would say. So yeah. it can't be from me. Um, and I do want to be vigilant with that kind of stuff too, because we're susceptible to voices of demons as well. And so we have to test the spirits and ask where they come from and ask what their authority is. So um, usually with voices, I don't have to do that. Like I just know it's God because it impacts my heart in such a way where it's like, oh, that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's with like a other voices like, oh, you can't do that. It's like, oh, well, I know exactly where that came from. Yeah. Um, but there have been times where I 
think I hear something like really encouraging or like that person's going to be a great connection. I'm like, I don't actually know where that voice comes from. And I, I don't have that heart sense that it's from God. Like I do with actual words from God. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I, I understand that. And I love that you, um, there's a couple of things in there that I super love. I love that you pinpointed, it's not like a, you know, a certain tenor, you know, it's not a certain tone. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I love that you've pointed out that it's often telling you to do things that you in yourself wouldn't want to do, you know, like go freelance. Um, Mm -hmm. I love to, about testing, testing that voice, you know, because I, I feel like, um, be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Right. Um, that, Mm -hmm. that, that like in, in, um, I think it's in Philippians where it talks about, you know, think about these things, you know, what's pure, what's lovely, you know, what's holy, what acceptable, like think Mm -hmm. about these things. And, and so our, our thoughts are so, so important. Um, so, testing and making sure what you're listening to is right is like insanely important. Um, so when you fired your client, did you have that, that, did you have that like God, (laughs) it's like spidey sense that God sense, um, during that too? Like, so, so we heard from you hearing from God on a very like macro level. Right. What about like micro, like what about really small Um, I didn't feel like that with the small stuff, but I did feel very validated and I just knew it was the right thing to do. If that makes sense. It's like, he didn't specifically say, I need you to fire this client and, oh, and while you're at it, you should answer this email. Like, I don't think God micromanages because I'm really good at that already. (laughs) Um, I feel like he (laughs) gives us the vision and then he asks us to trust him to carry it out. So um, I feel like he doesn't, at least historically with me, he hasn't told me to do very small specific things when he's already given me the vision. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're riding a bike, you have to keep your eyes forward. Otherwise, if you look in front of you, you're going to fall. Like as long as I have the vision point that I'm going towards, everything else just falls into place. And like with the firing of the client, I was just, I was nervous about it. I was scared about it. But once I did it, I felt so empowered and I was like, I can actually do this. Like, yeah. I'm a powerful, powerful person and I can work like a professional. I think it was dipping my toe in the pond kind of thing. That's dope. Um, So hearing from God and letting go, what are some things that you think in your spiritual life helped you? Like what are some disciplines or habits or like that helped you get to that point? Because I've talked to a lot of people who, um, they would say that they are Christians or that they were Christians at one point in time. And this one particular person thinking about specifically, he would go to church and he would say, God, if you're real, I really want to hear you today. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And that's obvious that, I mean, wouldn't we all, Uh, you know what I mean? In, in that time and place. So what would, what would your suggestion be? to get a person's center in that area? Um, I don't know that I have answers just because we're all so different and our walks are so different. Like I can't say, Oh, this is what you need to do. And you'll hear from God. Like he's not a formula. 
and um, he just is. And I feel like sometimes we're asking him to show himself when he's already doing it. We're just not opening our eyes to it. So someone who says, I need to see God, I need to see real proof that he's real. Otherwise I won't believe it's like, look around you. You're just not opening your eyes. Um, he's in the love that you have for other people. Um, not to say that God is in everything, but, um, he shows himself. And I think if you look for him, you will find him. Yeah. I love that. Seek and you will find. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so letting go. So how long did it take between disobedience to obedience? I don't remember exactly. I want to say it was about eight or nine months, somewhere around. I think it was less than a year. Um, but yeah, once the, once the freelance thing happened, it's just been a really fun, crazy ride since then. And And it's been like two years, right? Um, two years, actually, um, first week of April is my two year freelance anniversary. So coming up on two years and I never, really thought that I would make it that far. Like I didn't trust that God would actually want me to freelance very long. I thought maybe it was just like a stepping stone to something else, or maybe it was just, he was asking me to do something. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm happy that I've been doing it this long and I, I love it and I don't want to do anything else. And I think it's perfect for who I am as a person and how I'm wired. Like freelance is just way better for me than a workplace has been historically. I'm not going to say I will never work at a day job again, because I think that maybe a little naive because we grow and change. Our preferences grow and change, but for who I am right now and the work that I'm doing freelance is exactly what I need. And he keeps opening doors. Like um, even earlier this year, I felt like my client work was kind of drying up and I had just finished up a contract and I didn't really know what was next. And I'm, just started worrying about money and um, I've always been really good with money. And so whenever I start worrying about money, I'm like, okay, this is bad. I need to go to God about this. And so every time that happens, I just go to him with that request and I say, okay, God, you wanted me to go freelance. If that is your will still, I need you to come through in a big way. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what clients I need. I don't know what work I should be doing. Should I be looking for a job? I don't want to do that. But if you want me to stay freelance, like you told me to, mm-hmm. I would like it if you could come through in some way. And he's always provided. Um, and it's really cool to see how, when I'm at the end of my rope and my efforts and all the things that I can come up with and nothing happens, people just email me out of the blue, like, oh yeah, I need a whole bunch of work from you. Or, hey, I haven't talked to you in a couple of years. Can you do something for me? And it's just, I I always say to my fiance, God opens the doors because one thing I'm learning with just the concept of letting go is that I, I love control. I would love to think that I can plan everything out perfectly, mm-hmm. but I can't. Um, at the end of the day, I really have very little control. And so if I just relinquish what control I actually have and let the father lead, that's what he wanted all along. And it turns out better when he leads, right? Because I mean, so I have a very similar story. So I had a photography business out in Miami and I was, I was doing a lot of wedding photography and for two years he told me to quit. And so I, I understand that like sobbing, like I would sit there and cry to my husband and be like, he wants me to stop taking, which was the name of it. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Cause it was, it was just getting 
it was getting going and it was getting published. And, you know, I kind of saw this as like this huge thing. Um, but after, after I obeyed, it took two years. I, I mourned like, like when I finally obeyed and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. A, I mourned because it was like a part of me almost died, but then Mm -hmm. it ended up leading me to this beautiful career that I'm at now, which is like kind of commercial photography. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I see, I see my, like, it, it almost seems silly how much I was fighting him to mm-hmm. control for something that was mediocre right? to then surrender and it ended up being something amazing, you know? Right. And, and there's no way that I would have conceived that I would be making things out of paper and photographing <laughs> them for money, you know, like it's just right. mind blowing. Um, yeah. So do you feel the same way or? Yeah, I really resonate with that. And it's like, you mourn that you didn't obey and then you're just so joyful because God presents something to you that you could have never conceived of, but is so perfect for you. And you just love and you're like, wow, he is so good. That's amazing. So yeah, I totally resonate with that. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so while we, or as we like close up this session, is there any other last words or any encouragement if someone is going through this and they have, you know, they have that God voice saying you need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and they are really struggling with it right now. Like what would be that encouraging word to them? Um, I guess the only thing that I can encourage with is just trust him. Um, because he's good. He doesn't trap us. He doesn't do things to shame us or embarrass us. He does things for reasons. And even if it's not a one-two punch of, all right, I want you to do this. And here's the good part about it. It's sometimes he gives you something and it doesn't turn out like you think it will. And then you don't realize how good it actually was until like five or 10 years later. Like that's totally good too. And so I, the only encouragement I have is that you can trust him and he is good and whatever happens, whatever he has in store for you, it is good. And you just have to hold on to that. Yeah. Amen. Emily, thank you so much for sharing your story, being vulnerable with us. And if anyone would like to connect to you and perhaps talk even more about this, where can they find you online? Yeah, I think the easiest one would be Twitter. Um, My handle is Emily A. Carlton. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again, Emily, for sharing your story with us. And if you guys would like to contact me, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alicia Cologne. And until next month, stay focused.